listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 27 The Idol Temple Star Dancer It is today We are drawing near our quarry The scent of Kolo wafts back on the breeze Urging me forward I am growing increasingly fond of this Uh Former Lynx She is funny In a way we are rarely encouraged to be she has a boldness that reminds me of him, and Mother is right to call her clever. Her mind is sharp and inquisitive. Maybe too inquisitive. What would you do with the Cloudbreaker if you got it? She asks me as we trail behind Mog once more. Give it to Mother, of course, I chide her. Say she wanted you to have it, though. Trusted you with it. Oh, I shake myself. The immediate answer does not appear. Well, I would. She waits. I stammer and fall silent. I almost want to dance for this cub. It would better express what I cannot say. Would you like to hear mine? Was this just an excuse for you to tell me? Yes and no. Do you want to hear it or not? I do. Right. I used to have these three rules back when I was running a thieves' guild in Bastarian. How did you survive in such a den of obscenity? She shrugs. We got by. Together. Her eyes cast back to memories of her old life. This is not allowed. I glance at Mother and allow it. An illicit thrill ripples through me at this naughtiness. Okay, first off, I'd become a proper princess, important enough for everyone to listen to. Then I'd ask them what's bothering them, who's being cruel and bad. There would be so many. The world is so full of disgusting peoples. I don't like bullies. So if someone tells me there's a group of cats who are hurting them and they can't defend themselves, I'm going in and shoving lightning bolts up the asses of the ones doing the hurting until they agree to knock it off. I smile sadly at how oversimplified she has made her version of reality. How easy she makes it all seem. Up ahead we can hear the waterfall she spoke of. Mog ushers us to catch up with her once more. I think about Kolo, and my heart starts pounding with excitement. Fear. Dread. And an emotion I cannot quite articulate. But if I could dance it... The language would be one of preemptive sorrow. Colonash. Crossing is more difficult than I expected. We are very high up above the riverbed and its many sharp rocks, and the uneven surface we creep across is slick with cold water. Beatrix, as it turns out, is not hugely fond of heights and keeps her paw locked on mine and her vision fixed on the approaching gates. As we are halfway across, we start to hear a mix of sounds, 
The waterfall covers much of it, but we can both pick up snapping branches, shaking leaves, and rhythmically vibrating earth. The telltale sounds of many paws marching in regimented fashion. The hackles on the back of my neck stand up and I stare back down towards the jungle trail we came from. I cannot see her yet, but mother's fuchsia eyes seem to glimmer in the afternoon haze. Must go faster! Beatrix urges, feeling my apprehension. We hurry onward, scooting over the slippery surface until we find ourselves at the temple entrance. The squared archway made of the same green stone as the structure above us gives way to a dark, smooth corridor. Little glowing gems line the marble-paneled walls as I hold Beatrix behind me and gingerly step over each tile checking for pressure pads. We have to hurry, the captain urges. When the lions get here, there will be enough in number to just throw bodies into each trap. They'll get through much faster than us. We don't know that, I mutter. We have no real idea what the Sumerians have in store for us. We could romp this while your genocidal buddies end up decorating all kinds of spring-out spears and getting crushed by boulders. Nonetheless, we make the end of the smooth corridor without incident and reach a winding stair. It travels upwards and we cautiously ascend, taking in the shining and natural daylight bouncing off the meticulously placed mirrors at intervals around the interior of this tower. Colo? Beatrix grips my arm. What if they take the keystone? I pause and turn to her. Same as if we tried to jump the bridge and bring the Cicerone in with us. We may not have long to rot in here together. When we reach the top of this stair, I'm betting we're in the part of the temple that until now almost certainly spent hundreds of years underwater. I have been hoping she would not land on this deeply unpleasant thought. All they would have to do to drown us both in this tomb would be to take the key out for a short while, then put it back in and mop up. B is still looking at me expectantly. Yes? There's always a way out. I reassuringly lie. But you were right when you said must go faster. We continue climbing the stairs. Any moment now, I'm sure I will tread on something that collapses this whole spiral or flattens our precarious steps into a winding ramp. But nothing happens yet. I am starting to get very nervous. Where are these trials? When we finally get to the top, there is a hallway before us with a single stone lectern in the middle, upon which is a tablet in the shape of a book, carved with glyphics. Beatrix was right. This place spent the last eon under the river. The floors are awash with grates in the corners draining away the waters and aquatic plant life climbing the rough walls. I am on high alert as I motion for Beatrix to stay where she is. I pace carefully to the center of the room, telling her to watch and remember the flagstones I tread upon. The tablet is bathed in a natural sunbeam from the roof. 
My eyes narrow as I inspect it from what I can only hope is a safe distance. My paw darts across the beam and I step back listening for a click or a spring. Again, nothing. What in the name of the Leopard of Water's snowy peaks are we supposed to be doing? Cautiously, I wave Beatrix over and we examine the glyphics together. Ancient Meowlish, I mutter. If Maximus was here, he could translate this better than me. It's very similar to what the writing at Gazra had said. What were the words? He said the trials or traps would test the very strongest and most agile of us. No. Beatrix presses somberly. He didn't say strongest. He said best. I lean upon the lectern and it gives a little. It can be turned. And look here. Beatrix points. It's the blue flame. Oh, I am now staring at several new symbols at the bottom of the stone. Oh, gods. I grip the sides and slowly, with a grinding resistance, pivot the lectern until the top of the tablet faces the east wall. There is a resounding clatch and the temple rumbles and shakes again. I can hear vast, monolithic machinery dragging something huge up from the depths. Stay close to me, I urge. Beatrix does so without complaint this time. Eventually, when the cacophony of unfolding architecture reduces to a low grinding, a tall, sealed panel in the east wall opens up. It is dark in there, but we can see a vertical thread of blue light far off. What did you read? She asks. Walk through fire, I say quietly. That's the trial. I breathe in as measured a fashion as I can, trying to come to terms with what is about to happen. It turns out the Great Tigers didn't want to challenge our agility or our physical strength. And it seems like they had no interest in murdering thieves with insanely cruel death traps. They just had one simple but utterly effective way of protecting the Cloudbreaker from the wrong kind of person to wield it. Beatrix's eyes widen as she comprehends. You have to be good. I nod slowly. There isn't anything else for us to face. Just our true selves. Oh, we are so screwed. My ears prick up. I am certain I can hear splashing and poor falls from far below. Whatever happens, we have to be better than them. Right? Come on. I rush across the soaking flagstones towards the tunnels. Beatrix runs with me. Inside the passageway, the black marble walls are lined with bronze scimitars, crossed behind broad, circular bronze shields. Can I arm myself? Beatrix asks. Or if I take these, is the roof going to cave in? I ponder this for a moment. They are arming raiders, I comprehend. If a band get through to the flame, they could decide to stab one another in the back or have an all-out battle for who gets to walk inside it. 
Their mindset is proven by their actions. Their thoughts determine their worth. This isn't so much a trap, it's pruning. Is that a yes, then? Only if you don't plan on stabbing me. I don't. Beatrix reaches up and retrieves one scimitar, hefting it in her paw. It's not entirely unlike my cutlass. Don't forget a shield, I urge. So much more important than a sword. A sword you kill someone with. A shield you prevent that person from killing you. A sword is used to take away choice from others. A shield gives everyone a moment to reconsider a new course of action. Where did you learn that? Your dad, I say kindly. She lifts a shield down off the wall and for the first time smiles in a way I could describe as fondly. I lean forward and kiss her forehead. He loved you so much, B, I say. And he died proud of you. We share a single quiet moment in that darkened passage as the last of the gears grind away. Wait a minute. You can also parry a sword with another sword. See, you ruined it now. I snort teasingly and we hurry on towards a tall, heavy set of double doors, pushing them open together slowly to reveal the exact bright ocean blue inferno we have been dreading for many yesterdays. Commodore Shrike. We follow the river as I keep my eye on the various mingled paw prints in the mud. I can make out Flapjaw and Queensbury, who did rather well at hiding themselves up until now. But crossing over them, that wretched painted tiger that put me to sleep, the pygmy child and that grey monstrosity I keep hearing these idiot soldiers trade superstitious stories about. I know my enemies. And as we come across the waterfall, I look up to see a domed, coral-coloured heathen cathedral rising up on the left of the clifftop. Beside it, a green antechamber and a sabre-tooth carved from the rock to scare away intruders. It shall not work on me, nor the troops I send up to scale the slopes towards the bridge. And it certainly isn't working on the second party of treacherous wastrels whose paws I am tracking because I spot the pink hooded cloak of that wretched thief disappearing into the entrance. Ready your rifles, gentle cats. I roar. been listening to episode 27 of Panther Soul, The Idol Temple, written, edited and directed by Alexander Shaw. Commodore Shrike, performed by Sharon Shaw. Beatrix, performed by Loretta Saylor. 
Morgue, performed by Maya Suris. Stardancer, performed by Theo Lee. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panther Soul Theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Arcadia and Zombie Hoodoo, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Arcane Clockworks, Goblin Cave, The Inner Core, Elven Procession, Abandoned Chapel, Shaman's Hollow, and Distilled Tropical, all ambience from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skeels Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century ebooks and audiobooks.